Amen. Good to see everybody today. I'm glad that uh, you've chosen to come and worship today. You might have already figured it out. Brother Tom is on vacation. His son Jeff and family are home from the mission field in Macedonia, and, and they're getting back in tonight in time for vacation Bible school. But I'm thankful for the opportunity to speak today. Don't, don't you just love it when you, when you get a television program, something that, that gets you hooked, and you're, you, you go ahead and schedule that time of the, of the week and, and that, that particular night, and you're really getting into it, and it's a cliffhanger, and all of a sudden they have canceled it that week for something. And they say, we interrupt this program or for whatever. And then all of a sudden, you, you're thrown off for another week. <laughs> well, we're right in the middle of a summer sermon. Uh, sermon, summer, easy for me to say, summer sermon series. Say that three times fast. Right in the middle of it. Four weeks, Brother Tom's gone, so we're going to interrupt it. I, I told Tom I would preach it, but he's so selfish, he wouldn't let me. So you've got to wait till next week, all right, to, for, to get the. But I'm going to interrupt it, okay? And as I was thinking about it and praying about what God would have me talk about and what he laid on my heart, I'm going to do something, you know, all in the letters, it's been encouraging churches to be faithful and Christians to be faithful. And so I want to talk today about us as a church, we as a church being faithful from the, from the pulpit to the parking lot. Now, we're going to talk about the pulpit this morning and, and we'll talk about the parking lot next time. If you have your Bibles, you, you might turn to the book of Ezekiel. We've been in the, the book of Revelation, the last book of the New Testament. We're going to give the Old Testament equal time today. You might find Ezekiel. You'll find it toward the end. You'll find Isaiah, Jeremiah, the little book of Lamentations, and, and then you will find the, the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter 2, and we're going to read that together in just a little while. You know, when we talk about a, a faithful church, I think we, we, have, we would all agree, we all understand that in order for a church to be a faithful church, we have to have a faithful pastor, right? And, and sometimes I, I think we, we take it for granted here at Indian Springs because we have had a faithful pastor for 17 years. You, you realize how not normal that is? Now, now most of us would understand, hey, hey, we're not normal around here. Right? We're not normal anyway. But the fact that we've had a pastor for... Most churches, you know, they're looking for a pastor every two or three years. I know a lot of pastors. Most pastors are looking for churches every two or three years. Okay? It is sort of a, a, a revolving door, a, a, a merry-go-round, a, a roller coaster. But, but God has blessed us and, and allowed us to have a, a, a faithful pastor for some 17 years. And if we're going to be a faithful church has to begin with a faithful pastor in the pulpit. You know, I, I like what uh, a couple of weeks ago when, when Tom was preaching from the letter to the church at Smyrna and, and encouraged them to be, be faithful unto death. You know, none of us know how long we have. But wouldn't it, if, if our Lord were to come today, don't you believe that we as Indian Springs Baptist Church, we want to be found faithful? We want to hear our Lord say, well done good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'm going to make you ruler over many. Enter into the joy of the Lord. We want to be found faithful as a church. I'm, I'm thankful that for 17 years we've, we've had a, a faithful pastor. You know, there are a lot of churches. I think one of the reasons for the, for the turnover in the pulpit 
is there, there are a lot of churches looking for not the faithful pastor, they're looking for a perfect pastor. It, someone wrote years and years ago, I want to read it to you, it's entitled The Perfect Pastor and describes that perfect man if you could find him. He preaches only 20 minutes but thoroughly expounds the word. He condemns sin but never hurts anyone's feelings. He works from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. doing every type of work from preaching in the pulpit to, uh, to taking out the trash to mopping the floors. He makes $200 a week and gives $100 back to the church. He's 26 years old and has been preaching for 30 years. He is tall, short, thin, heavyset, handsome, has one brown eye, one blue eye, hair parted in the middle, left side dark and straight, right side blonde and wavy. He has a burning desire to work with the youth and spends all of his time with the senior adults. He smiles all the time with a straight face because he has a sense of humor that keeps him seriously dedicated to his work. He makes 15 calls a day on church members, spends all his time evangelizing the lost, and is never out of the office. Now, if we could find a man like that, he would indeed be, I guess, a perfect pastor. But I'm thankful that while we don't have a, and by the way, Tom has no idea what I'm preaching. Probably worries him a little bit. He has no idea what I'm preaching on today. But, but while we don't have a perfect pastor, we are blessed to have a faithful pastor in Brother Tom. And I believe in God's call to Ezekiel, we see the characteristics of a faithful pastor. Would you stand with me as we, read, as we read this? Guys, could you cut down the lights just a little bit for me so that I can see this? Ezekiel chapter 2, verse 1. And he said to me, Son to man, stand on your feet, and I will speak to you. And then the Spirit entered me when he spoke to me and set me on my feet, and I heard him who spoke to me. And he said to me, Son of man, I am sending you to the children of Israel to a rebellious nation that has rebelled against me. They and their fathers have transgressed against me to this very day. For they are impudent and stubborn children. I am sending you to them, and you shall say to them, Thus saith the Lord God. As for them, whether they hear, whether they refuse, for they are a rebellious house, yet they will know that a prophet has been among them. And you, son of man, do not be afraid of them, nor be afraid of their words. Though briars and thorns are with you, and you dwell among scorpions, do not be afraid of their words, or dismayed by their looks, though they are a rebellious house. You shall speak my words to them, whether they hear, whether they refuse, for they are rebellious. But you, son of man, hear what I say to you. Do not be rebellious like that rebellious house. Open your mouth and eat what I give you. Now when I looked, there was a hand stretched out to me, and behold, a scroll of a book was in it. And then he spread it before me, and there was writing on the inside and on the outside, and written on it were lamentations and mourning and woe. And moreover, he said to me, Son of man, eat what you find. Eat this scroll and, and go speak to the house of Israel. So I opened my mouth, and he caused me to eat that scroll. And he said to me, Son of man, feed your belly and fill your stomach with this scroll that I give you. And so I ate, and it was in my mouth like honey in its sweetness. You may be seated. Here we, we read of the call of a prophet by the name of Ezekiel. Ezekiel was a man who had grown up in Jerusalem and he was of a priestly family and so he was growing up, as he was growing up, he was being trained to, to take over when he got 30 years of age to be a priest in Jerusalem. 
But all of a sudden, all of his plans were changed. All of his dreams were shattered because God allowed the Babylonians to come in and, and take people away into captivity. In just a few short years, he would, he would totally destroy the temple. And so now Ezekiel, who had been trained up for the priesthood to, to work in, in, in the temple now, he didn't know what he was going to do. But yet God still had a plan for Ezekiel. And if we were to read Ezekiel chapter 1, if, if we could understand it, Ezekiel had a vision. It, it was a vision, for lack of a better word, of, of, a, of a wheel within a wheel. And, and, and he had a, a vision of angels and a vision of God, and, and God got his attention. And if we, if we look at the end of, of chapter 1, the, the scripture says that when I saw it, I fell on my face, and I heard a voice of one speaking. Now, while it might be hard for us to explain and describe what Ezekiel saw, even more important is catching what Ezekiel heard. Because I believe in the call of Ezekiel, we see the characteristics of a faithful pastor. I think we see the characteristics of, of what a man must have to be a faithful pastor in a faithful church. I think there are four of them. First of all, the faithful pastor has felt the call of God. There was no doubt in Ezekiel's mind who it was that was speaking to him. He knew that it was God, and he understood what God was saying to him. You see, I know probably from the outside looking in, being a pastor looks pretty easy, right? Now all you got to do is work Sundays and Wednesdays. Okay? You get paid a lot to do a little. Okay? Okay? But if you ever hear somebody that they just decide that their ministry choice is to be a pastor, take that person immediately to a mental institution. They ain't right. Okay, Being a pastor is not something you just decide to do. It's not just something that you volunteer to do. It's something that God calls us to do. Because it is the call of God... That is the anchor in the storm. You see, the call of God, when, when, when it gets hold of a man, you can't walk away from it. You can't turn your back on it. You can't leave it. It's always there because the gifts and calling of God are irrevocable. And Ezekiel knew that God was calling him, and he knew what it was that God was calling him to do. Man, when I, when I read of, of people like Jeremiah, Jeremiah, they, they threw him in that cistern. And, and you know, Jeremiah, when I thought, man, this is not worth it. I'm going to quit. But he couldn't because God called him. Isaiah, tradition says that they, they sawed him in half. Isaiah must say, wait a minute, wait a minute, I quit. But he couldn't because God had called him. In, in, the, in the New Testament, we see all that Paul went through. All of the, the imprisonments and the beatings and the stonings and the shipwrecks and, and all of those things. There must have been some Monday mornings Paul thought, wait a minute, this, I'm just not getting paid enough to do this. But he couldn't because God had called him. I'm thankful that we have a pastor who's been here 17 years because God called him. God placed him here. A man at the age of 35 who, who, who walked away from a successful career in the oil field and took his wife and two kids and moved to seminary and lived on nothing except what God gave him, the call of God. You don't just volunteer. You see, the faithful pastors felt the call of God. 
You see, you got to know what it is God wants you to do, and you got to know that you're, you're where God wants you to be. Can't be like the little boy who came home from Bible school and said, Mom, I think I'm going to be a preacher when I grow up. And his mom said, well, well son, that's, a, that's, that's great, but what makes you think that you want to be a preacher? He said, well, you know, I've been thinking. We're going to have to go to church all our lives, aren't we? And she said, well, son, as long as you live in this house, you are. And I hope when you grow up, you'll keep going to church. He said, well, the way I got it figured, if you got to go to church anyway, it's a lot easier to stand up and yell than it is to sit still and be quiet. <laughs> Ezekiel just didn't think, well, hey, I think I'll stand up and yell. He knew what God was calling him to do. The faithful pastor has felt the call of God just like Ezekiel. But not only has the faithful pastor felt the call of God, but I want you to notice that the faithful pastor has been filled with the Spirit of God. He, even, as, even as Ezekiel was, was, was laying on his face before God, just like you and I would be if we saw the vision that Ezekiel had seen, God through His Holy Spirit, He reached down and He picked Ezekiel up and He, and he stood him up. He, he, he empowered him. He enabled him. He encouraged him. You see, God doesn't call us to a task and not give us the power to do it. You may say, well, I think God may want me to do this, but I can't do that. If God calls you, He will enable you to do that. He will empower you to do that. He will gift you to do that. And Ezekiel, like Moses, might have been thinking, Lord, I can't do that. But because the Spirit of God was placed in him, he could. We hear a lot today about burnout. You know, sometimes I think that in ministry and in life in general, we burn out because we're trying to please too many people. You know, there's absolutely no way a pastor can please everybody. I mean, if he thinks he's doing it today, wait around. It'll change tomorrow, right? But when God calls a pastor, he doesn't call him to please everybody. He calls him to please the one who called him. He calls him to please his commander-in-chief. And he empowers him and he enables him to do that. Because he does the task through us. You may be thinking, well, I could never, you know, I, I, I just, I'd like to do something, but I can't do it. If God has laid that on your heart, if God is calling you to do that, maybe you just need to say, Lord, here I am, I'm, I'm available. God's not nearly as interested in your ability as he is your availability. God has a task. God has a calling for, for each and every one of us, but particularly a pastor as he calls the pastor, but then he fills him with his spirit so that he enables him to do what he calls him to do. Many, many years ago, Billy Graham, in one of his books, said, you know, I'm convinced that if God removed his spirit out of the world, the church would continue to do 90% of what they're doing. And what he meant by that was sometimes even in, in church, even in, in religious circles, we try to come up with great, exciting, wonderful things to do for God that will draw people, will grow a crowd, will, will make our church great and make a, a name for ourselves. And that never was God's intention. It never was his plan to begin with. Actually, his plan was pretty simple, right? Make disciples. <laughs> we made it hard. He had it easy. But when we start doing things outside of his power, outside of his will, then it gets difficult. But Ezekiel, 
was filled with the Spirit of God. The faithful pastor felt the call of God, been filled with the Spirit of God, but notice what else he said to Ezekiel. The faithful pastor is focused on the people of God. Now, now notice the kind of church that he said he was sending Ezekiel to. Son of man, in verse 3, I'm sending you to the children of Israel, a rebellious nation who has rebelled against me. Notice down in verse 4. For they are impudent and stubborn. Basically, he says they are hard-headed and hard-hearted. He does everything but call them Baptists right there in verse 4. Hard-headed, hard-headed folks. That's who I'm calling you to, Ezekiel. It wasn't like, hey, I'm, Ezekiel, i got a great people for you. They really love their pastor. They really listen. They really open the word. They, they really work alongside you. They, I'm calling you to a people, Ezekiel, your own people that are a rebellious house. But I'm calling you there anyway. You know, when pastors sometimes, they'll call up a church of contact or whatever, and they'll call up and say, hey, you know anything about that church? Is it a good church? And you say, man, they're not a good church. If it was a good church, they wouldn't be talking to you, right? Sometimes as pastors, we think, you know, we can find a perfect church. Pastors think, churches think they can find a, a perfect pastor. But none of us are perfect. But God said to Ezekiel, Ezekiel, I want you to stay focused on the people of God. They're, they're not going to always listen to what you say. They're not going to listen to you because they haven't listened to me. But I'm still sending you to them. You know, in the great New Testament, when we talk about the word pastor and we talk about the word shepherd, they're very closely connected. God talks about us as his children being sheep of his flock. And, and he, Jesus is the chief shepherd, the great shepherd, the good shepherd. But, but he places people in the church that are, that are under shepherds. And he, and he places them in the church to help guide and, and, and guard and, and feed and, and lead and, and encourage the flock. But the pastor has to have that shepherd's heart. Aren't you glad that we have a pastor who has a shepherd's heart and a love for people? I was at a conference a few years ago, and the title of the conference was Working with People, and the leader of the conference had, had written a book. And when we got there, it was sitting on the, on the table there, and, and the book, Working with People, and I heard someone come in jokingly say, People, 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 can't they give us something else to work with? It's like the guy who said, I love ministry, it's just people I can't stand. People are ministry, Right? Those in the church and, and, and those outside the church. Faithful pastor must be focused on the people of God. Even when they're hard-headed and hard-hearted. Someone said the, the, a great uh, translation of this would be concrete heads. All mixed up and permanently set. But God still had a shepherd. He, he still had a message for them. Notice what he said, Ezekiel. Your success is not based on their response. And I want you to go to them and say, Thus saith the Lord. But you know like the old saying goes, People won't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And so Ezekiel, you got to go and thus saith the Lord. But as you speak the truth, you got to speak the truth in love. As you talk to people, you got to love people. 
I learned a long time ago, people will put up with poor preaching if they know you love them. People overlook a lot of mistakes if they know you care for them. People will let you get by with a lot of stupid stuff if they believe that you have their best interest in heart, at heart. I'm not saying Tom does a lot of stupid stuff. Don't tell him I said that, all right? But a first and foremost, above all, for a church to be a faithful church and to have a faithful pastor, that faithful pastor has to be focused on the people of God. He's felt the call of God. He's filled with the Spirit of God. He's focused on the people of God. But then finally, notice with Ezekiel, the faithful pastor feeds on the Word of God. I mean, Ezekiel had already seen a vision. Now he's going to see something else. All of a sudden, he sees a, an arm stretched out, and, and, and there's a scroll in it, which was the Word of God. And so he saw that, but, but, but even worse, the, 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 uh, the, the vision and the voice said, God said to him, hey, eat. Eat this. So what did Ezekiel do? He ate it. He ate it, and the scripture ends there in, in verse 3 and saying that it was as sweet as honey. It was sweet as honey in his mouth. It was like honey in its sweetness. You see, we live in a day and a time when people have never had more knowledge than we have at, at our fingertips. Used to, I mean, we were at least dependent on a local paper. Or, or you had to at least somehow get to a local library so that you could read something in a book. And most libraries, they didn't have any books in it that, you know, had been written in the last 10, 15 years anyway. But in this day and time in which we live, I mean, with, with, the, with the Internet and, and, and television and everything, that we, knowledge comes at us from, from everywhere. But in the midst of all that, even more probably today, God's people need to hear somebody stand and open the Word of God and say, Thus saith the Lord, so that they can hear from God. We, we get enough of what Oprah says. We get enough of what Dr. Phil says. We get enough of what Dr. Oz says. We get enough of whoever's out there. But we need a pastor to stand and say, Thus saith the Lord. And not try to change it. Not try to water it down. Not try to skip over parts. But preach it. Day in, day out. I'm afraid if we're not careful, we've lost an entire generation because somewhere along the way we thought our, our purpose was to entertain people so that they would come to church. And in some places today, people don't even want to be known as preachers. They want to be known as communicators. And as they communicate, they never open the Word of God. The faithful pastor feeds on the Word of God so that when he stands before his people on Sunday, he's not saying, thus saith Dr. Phil. He's able to stand and say, thus saith the Lord. I'm thankful that we have a pastor who gets up early every morning 
Part of it is because he can't stay up late at night. But he gets up early every morning. And he spends time in the Word. And one thing that you can know, when Brother Tom stands before us on Sunday, he, he didn't get his sermon off the Internet. He didn't get his sermon out of some book, Simple Sermons for Simple Minds. He got his sermons on his knees and his face before God. As he fed on the Word of God during the week. Because this is where you get your message. Not only is it where you get your message... But it's where you get your strength. It's where you get your motivation. Have you noticed as you read the Word, it's, it's like spiritual food. It's like taking spiritual vitamins. It encourages you. It, it strengthens you. It, it, it picks you up. The faithful pastor must feed on the Word of God. In fact, you're not qualified to preach. You're qualified to teach. Until you've spent time in the Word before God you know really there, there are two kinds of preachers there are those who feel they have something to say and then there are those who feel they have to say something and I have to confess to you I've been in both of those categories I mean there have been some weeks where it was Sunday morning or Sunday night or Wednesday night and I had to say something but I didn't really feel like I had anything to say and you know why? Because I hadn't spent time in the Word. Now some of those weeks were probably weeks where I was just lazy. <laughs> maybe I watched a little too much football, maybe I played a little too much golf, I just didn't get in the Word. Other times there were weeks where I was very busy. Maybe it was a vacation Bible school. Maybe it was surgeries. Maybe it was funerals, weddings, or whatever it was. But it was just a busy week. The faithful pastor always stands and delivers God's word because he's been on his knees before God. And he's taken in before he gives it out. If we're going to be a faithful church until our Lord comes we got to be faithful from the pulpit to the parking lot. I'm thankful that we have a faithful pastor who stands and proclaims God's word to us each and every week. Now you say, well, what's this got to do with us? I mean, Brother Tom's gone. He's coming back on vacation. What's this got to do for us? Hey, our, our task is to help him stay faithful, right? To encourage him. I want to challenge you to do something. If you're not, most of you are already doing this. But I want to challenge you to pray for Brother Tom and Paula every day. Pray for their family. Put, put him on your prayer list so that he can stand and deliver God's word every week and say, Thus saith the Lord. So that when he meets with people during the week, that he can have the wisdom of God as he counsels, as he encourages, as he helps people. Pray for him every day. And then I want to ask you to do something else. I want to ask you to encourage him. Now, I don't mean just when you walk by him on the way out and say, hey, good sermon, preacher. 
Hey, we expect you to say that whether you mean it or not, right? I mean, you're just saying about getting a cracker barrel. You're just trying to get out of there, right? I mean more than that. Hey, what about, what about if you just ask God to show you a way that you can encourage Brother Tom this week? <laughs> Wouldn't it be amazing that if Brother Tom got back from vacation, he got about 300 cards now, he'd probably go on vacation more often. I'd get to preach more. No, I'm just kidding. But encourage him. Find a way to encourage him. What, whatever it is. He knows you appreciate him. I know you appreciate him. Maybe put feet to your prayers. Just find a way to encourage him. Pray for him. Encourage him. But then I want to ask you to do something else. We want our pastor to be faithful, right? But why don't we be faithful? And step up, step out, and walk alongside him. You know that God doesn't call the pastor to do the work of the church? What did Paul write to the Ephesians in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 and 12? He calls the pastor to equip the saints for the work of ministry. The pastor's not called to do the work of the church. We don't, you can't hire your ministry done. You can't hire somebody to do what God has called you to do. So maybe one way you can encourage Brother Tom, you pray for him, you encourage him with a note or with a card, but say, hey, pastor, I'm stepping up. I want to serve alongside you. You see, because just as God has called Brother Tom, God's called you. You say, wait a minute, I'm no preacher. <laughs> Thank goodness he didn't call everybody to preach. Everybody would be talking on Sunday morning. Nobody would be listening, right? But he called you to something. If he saved you, he called you to ministry. Every person. Whether you've, it doesn't matter whether you've been ordained or whether you've been to college or whether you know it. it God calls you when he saves you. So what about just say, God, what do you want me to do? And then come along, Brother Tom, and Let's serve him. Sometimes we say to our pastor, we're behind you, preacher. But when he looks back, we're way behind him, right? He don't need somebody that's just behind him. He needs somebody walking alongside him. As a faithful church, let's do that. There are no perfect pastors. Praise God, there are some faithful pastors. Praise God, he's blessed us with one. Can't be a faithful church if we don't have a faithful pastor. I'm thankful that God has called us to be faithful. Would you bow your head just a moment? I want to ask you to do something a little bit different right now. It goes back to what I just talked about. I'm going to ask you right now, while you're sitting right there with your heads bowed, I want to ask you to pray for Brother Tom. If you're a guest here today, you're a member of another church, pray for your pastor. He needs it too. Just pray for your pastor. And as you're praying, would you ask God, 
to show you a way that you can encourage your pastor. And I would say the sooner the better. Sometimes with our good intentions, we put them off, put them off, put them off, put them off, and never get around to them. Pray, ask God for a way that he wants you to encourage his pastor, your pastor. And now while you're praying, Maybe you would ask God, God, what place do you want me to fill in? To come alongside and walk alongside my pastor. You see, God just doesn't call preachers to certain churches. He calls people to churches. See, we got it all mixed up these days. We think, hey, we'll just shop for a church. We'll go around and around, look, see what we like about this and what we like about that one, and then decide at the end of our shopping spree which church we want to belong to. You don't search for a church like searching for what country club to join. God places the members in the bodies that pleases Him. You're here because God placed you here. Some of you know today you need to make that decision. You know you've been attending here for a long time and you know that you need to come and be a part of the body of Christ. You need to serve. You need to do more than just sit in a chair on Sunday morning. Hey, would you just say to God, God, I, I believe this is where you placed me. I believe this is where you put me, and I want to serve alongside Pastor Tommy. Would you make that commitment to him? And in just a minute, Stu's going to lead us in a song. Some of you may be ready. You may know that, hey, this is where we're going to join. This is the church that we're going to be a part. And you may just want to come today and officially make that known. Others of you, you've made commitments in your seat. That's okay. You don't have to come forward. The altar's open if you want to pray. It always is. But ask God, God, where do you want me to serve? In the body of Christ. Pray for your pastor. Encourage your pastor. Serve alongside him. As we stand together to sing right now.